0: Got my beach fix for the moment. Um, yeah, everybody doing all right today? Yeah, I need to, I need to make a couple of very important um, addendums to the announcements that we just heard. And the first um, addendum is this. Um, we actually, uh, our goal this year was uh, 10,000 eggs, and we have over 14,000 eggs. We discovered that today. <clears throat> and, and a great thing about that is when, when um, Duncan made these announcements, we didn't have that many. So it's like in the last three or four days, a bunch of eggs have come in. And we want to uh, uh, just say a big thank you. Give yourselves a hand because you're just awesome that way. And so that's a, that's a bunch of eggs. We also want to thank um, uh, Pastor Cleveland, our, our lead uh, worship pastor here. Um, he is the manager at um, a Carmart location in Sapulpa. And they did a, uh, they did a, a. Every so often they'll do specials. What well, I'm trying promotions. They'll do promotions where, uh, if you bring in a certain item that they're promoting, uh, they will waive, um, like a down payment or, or fees or whatever. And um, and they've blessed our church several times. Uh, Carmart has uh, through some of those promotions. They've blessed our uh, food bank. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Thanksgiving time with turkeys—if you people brought in a, a ten-pound turkey, they could get that; um, um, they could get um, those fees or the down payment waived. And um, so uh, Cleveland did it with eggs. You bring stuffed eggs in, and CarMart has raised over two thousand eggs for our egg hunt. And so let's give CarMart a hand <laughs> for that. Pastor Cleveland, that is just awesome. Great way, um, you know, for them to give to the community, but I saw also, same time, it it blesses um, some of our outreach endeavors that we're doing here, and we really appreciate uh, Cleveland for thinking of us and for doing that. I also want to say that in the back, there are these little cards right here, and they say, sit with me, and then on the other side, it has our service times, and um, we want want to encourage you to take a couple of these today. Um, They're on that little glass table in the back by Guest Relations um, grab some of these uh, uh, before you leave today and invite somebody to come with you, to specifically to sit with you uh, next week uh, during our Easter services. Now, we're just expecting the house to be packed and we want it to be packed. Uh, it's a great opportunity, a great opportunity if you invite someone that maybe um, doesn't go to church um, they, they say that on Easter, that's the, one of the biggest um, weekends of the year for you to invite someone that may be just a little wary of the church and maybe didn't want to come, but, you know, it's Easter, and so, so they feel like they will on that day. So make sure you take some of these and, and pass them. And don't just take them. This is the worst thing you can do with, with this is to put it in the glove compartment of your car. Because you'll take it, put it in your glove compartment, and then you won't even remember it. And then you'll be cleaning out your car five years from now, and you'll find them. And you'll go, oh, man, I meant to hand those out five years ago for Easter. So keep them somewhere where, you, where you'll see them. And, and hand them out and invite someone to church with you, especially for Easter Sunday next week. Um, it's just going to be awesome. We're going to be starting a new series um, on Easter Sunday. We're going to start a series and uh, talk about hopes and dreams. And so um, uh, that's going to be, a, I feel like it's going to be a great series. It's going to be a great series for people who, um, who, whose lives may need some, some encouragement. It's going to be a great encouraging thing. And, and so um, keep that in mind. Also, let me push um, one last thing. Today, 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 after this service, we are having our um, Neighbors and Nations lunch. And they have prepared this amazing and this is perfect day for it because it's a little chilly outside. An amazing white chicken chili. It is amazing. It's good. It's not too spicy. So don't think about chili and oh, I don't like spice. It's not too spicy. I tested it. I, I took a test drive a while ago, and um, and I'm going to tell you, you're just going to miss out if you don't if you don't go and partake in this meal. And um, it's a great way for us to raise funds for our church, Neighbors and Nations. It, it helps defray the expense of um, missions endeavors that we're doing. For instance, next week we are doing our Easter in the Park. It's primarily for the community of Glenpool. And there are expenses involved in that, such as inflatables that we're renting and, and those types of things. Um, and so, and so uh, this just Neighbors and Nations gives you an opportunity to sow an offering and to get a meal all, at the sa- all in the same moment. And so, uh, that's what that's about. And then you get to fellowship with each other. You actually get to have a meal with each other, which is really important. Uh, we believe in the body of Christ for us to fellowship one another. And not just come to church and be a, a nameless face, but to actually maybe um, get to know someone. And, and it's not scary. It's great. And so, that, that's awesome. We got a lot of great, great, great things uh, coming, and um, we're just expecting some, some, some great results. Uh, for all of the things that we're doing, and and I'm um, I, I just loving every minute of it. God is just doing amazing stuff around us. Now we've been talking about the last words of Jesus on the cross, and, and we we're, you know we only did three of them in this series. It's a three part series. Um, where We focused um, on his first words, and then and then last week, Pastor Trent. Um, I know he did a marvelous job last week preaching concerning the sixth word of Jesus on the cross where Jesus said, it is finished, and a very powerful word. Uh, today I'm going to talk about the the last word in the traditional order, the last words of Jesus on the cross where, um, where Jesus said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Uh, this is a very important juncture in the cross scene, and we're going to, we're going to look at that here um, in, in detail. Uh, these seven statements, there are seven statements that Jesus gave from the cross. Uh, these seven statements in order represent forgiveness, salvation, relationship. There was abandonment, then there was distress. Ultimately, there was triumph. And then finally, and what we're going to talk about today, there was reunion. So, I mean, you see Jesus on the cross, and he's gone through this, this horrific crucifixion, this horrific scene that he's gone through, and and really kind of kind of rode uh, the the trajectory of being up and down, and and all of the things that were that were just a part of of that moment, until we culminate here in Luke twenty three. I want to begin reading with the forty fourth verse of Luke chapter twenty three. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. For the sun stopped shining, and the curtain, I want you to pay close attention to this, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, now here are these words, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. So these final words of Jesus on the cross, where he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. As soon as he said that, he breathed this last breath and for him, the cross scene is now over. His pain and suffering, all of the rigors of this moment uh, comes to an end. Now there are a couple of things that happen post these words, post the death of Jesus. For instance, when they would crucify someone, many times the person being crucified, there life would be extended because they would be able to push up with their feet and it would cause the fluid that was building in their chest cavity and their lungs and around their heart, it would cause that fluid to, to be pushed out. And, and basically the individual would, would in agony, they would, they would keep themselves from literally drowning in their own fluid. And so when crucifixions would, would tarry on into the late afternoon the soldiers would come through and they would break the legs of those who were being crucified that were alive and it would, it would prevent them from pushing themselves up and, and, and causing the fluid to, to be dispersed in the body. It, it would prevent them from doing that and, and therefore they would, they would die rather quickly once their legs were broken. But it was very interesting that Old Testament prophecy declared over Jesus that no bones would be broken in his body. And so when the soldiers came through to break the legs of those being crucified, Jesus had already passed. He had already said these words, into your hands I commit my spirit, and he had already died. And so they didn't break his legs. They didn't have to break his legs, thus fulfilling one of the many prophecies concerning the Christ, that no bone would be broken in his body. Another thing takes place here at after Jesus uh, said these words, as you would know or may know, that one of the soldiers thrust a spear into the side of Jesus and, and the Bible says that water and blood flowed out from him and, and this happened after his death. This happened after his death. Then from there, we find that they take him down off of the cross and they carry him and lay him in a borrowed tomb. These final words spoken by Jesus was the culmination of the endurance that Jesus went through on the cross. And just in a few short moments, he would be buried, thus fulfilling prophecy again. But then next week, going into Easter, we all know that we will be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Jesus didn't stay. He didn't stay in the grave, right? So, I mean, this is tragic. This is a moment of sorrow. It is a very horrific event but but entwined in all of this are some things that I think is very important for us to understand first off jesus experienced everything on the cross from forgiveness to abandonment to even triumph and pastor trent talked last week about uh, about this it is finished and how that it is the culmination of Jesus fulfilling the Father's will and, and all of these things that are wrapped into this tremendous statement by Christ that, that he came to fulfill the will of the Father. And in the will of the Father is healing and there is salvation and there is peace and there is joy and all of these things concerning the kingdom of God. But when Jesus spoke these words... He spoke a word of reunion with the Father. That although he had even experienced the feelings of abandonment on the cross, that now at the end, Jesus is coming into a reunion saying, Father, I commit my spirit to you. I'm going to be reconciled with the Father. I'm going to be reunited with the Father. And the significance, and, and this is really the message for the day. The significance of this reunion is powerful. And I think a lot of times we we read this, or you know, we go kind of through the the whole idea of the cross. Or maybe people put on pageants. We used to we used to put on uh, a, quite a quite a drama here at the church um, around Easter time. And man, it was just it was just a big deal. And, and I mean, to me, I, it's hard for me to. Uh, forget some of the faces. I see Robert Weeks. He he was just he just made you hate the Roman soldiers. Robert Weeks, just the way he portrayed that, and and and, and you just you think about all of that. And a lot of times we miss the significance of these moments. So, oh well, Jesus said I commit my spirit to you, and he died, and and we kind of leave it at that. You know, God I commit my spirit to you, and he died. But the fact of the matter is that this reunion with the Father. Is not only Jesus fulfilling the will of the Father in his own life to fix what Adam broke in the garden, that Adam and Eve fell into sin in the garden and caused this tremendous separation uh, to, to take place between God and mankind, that Jesus' reunion with the Father wasn't just about him, but it was about you as well. That you and I have the opportunity now to be reunited with the Father because of the reunion that Christ had with the Father on the cross. See, Jesus came to die on the cross in order to bring everyone with him back into relationship with God. That when Jesus says, Father, I commit my spirit into your hands. He was literally as well saying, and I commit the spirits of the entire human race that has faith in you into your hands. See, this reunion is not just with Jesus and the Father. This reunion was with mankind as a whole to the Father. In order to grasp this, we see that, that, that the writers of the New Testament and especially the Gospels that, that they describe, they describe that when this took place, the curtain in the temple tore into. I love how Matthew adds a detail in this in his gospel. Look at Matthew 27, verse 50. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and rocks split. I mean, there was this this cataclysmic event that took place, but the significance of that event is that in the temple, this curtain that hung in the temple, that literally separated the people from the very presence of God. Matter of fact, it not only separated the people from the presence of God, it separated the people from the mercy seat of God. See, behind this curtain was what was called the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant was a, was a representation of 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 the relationship that the people had with God. And sitting on top of the Ark of the Covenant was was this top with two angels, cherubims. And the Bible says that the presence of the Lord would dwell between those two cherubims. And that part of the Ark was called the mercy seat. The Bible describes that, that the priest would come in and he would sprinkle the blood from sacrifices onto the mercy seat. And as God would accept the blood sacrifice, as the priest would leave from behind this curtain, the priest would leave from behind the curtain, the people would rejoice because they would know that once again God has had mercy and has forgiven their sin for a space of time. Hebrews 9 verse 6 says it like this, when everything had been arranged like this, the priest entered regularly into the outer room to carry on their ministry, but only the high priest entered the inner room. And that only once a year. And never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins of the people who had committed, who, who for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit was showing that by this that we That the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still functioning. And this is important for us to understand that as long as there was this curtain and as long as there were these sacrifices and long as there was a priest that would go in once a year and would sprinkle blood on that mercy seat, as long as all of that was functioning, mankind was separated was separated from the mercy seat of God. But on the cross, Jesus became our high priest. And he would go before us in reunion with the Father in order to secure our reunion with the Father. Look at Hebrews nine twelve For he did not enter by the means of blood of goats and of calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. That Jesus went into that heavenly holy place and and put his blood on that heavenly mercy seat and by doing that he gave us an opportunity to do something we could not do before hebrews 4:15 says it like this for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet he did not sin Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. That Jesus Christ with his own blood went in and put his blood on that mercy seat as an eternal redeeming, as as an eternal purchase. That no more did there need to be a high priest representing us in a human form That Jesus Christ himself became our high priest. And as our high priest, he sprinkled the blood, his own blood. So when we read that the veil or the curtain in the temple tore in two, we must recognize that that symbolizes to us that no more, no more are we separated away from God's mercy and God's grace and God's presence. When we read that the veil... Or the curtain tore in two. It is telling us that all of us have access to that place of mercy. Therefore, we can go to the throne of grace with confidence. Matter of fact, we can go boldly to the throne of grace. We don't have to go sheepishly. We don't have to wonder, well, does God love me or good is God not love me. No, you and I have the opportunity even right now to go to that place of mercy. Because the blood of Jesus Christ has already been sprinkled on that place, and we have already been forgiven. Huh. And I think this has to be explained. Matter of fact, years for years we've sung a song that that somewhere in the song it makes this statement: He tore the veil. One time I was up here, we were playing and singing that song, and we we sang He tore the veil, and and, and I just sort of, for whatever reason, noticed across the across the people that were there that day, there were some people with kind of like a blank stare. I mean, they were singing, he tore the veil. And so when I took the pulpit later to, to preach, when I, when I stepped up, I said, I, I want to just, before I preach today, I just want to ask a simple question. How many people in this room have absolutely no idea what it means when we sang that song ago, he tore the veil? And it shocked me how many hands went up. It's like we have no no clue, and somewhere somewhere in Bible teaching, or maybe you know, maybe they're just unfamiliar with with what all that means. Now, the Old Testament practices of the temple and the veil and the sacrifice and the blood—just what was a was a foreshadowing? It was an earthly example of the heavenly thing that was going to take place later, and that God was just trying to help people understand: this is how right relationship is going to take place between me and mankind since the fall, but for whatever reason, there was all these people that that didn't know, and so that day I explained, just kind of more brief than what I just did, but I explained that there was this curtain in the temple that separated the mercy seat of God and the tangible presence of God, it separated that from the people, that only the high priest could go in there, And, and we were just sort of hoping that God will have mercy on us again, but but on the cross, the Bible says, at the moment, Jesus said, Father, I commit my spirit to you. And he breathed his last breath. At, at that moment, this ripping took place. Suddenly, we recognize that we all have access. We all have access. After that service that day, I had somebody come up to me and say, you know what, Uh Pastor Rob, I really appreciate you explaining that thing about the veil because I've been, I've, ever since I've heard that song, I've been trying to figure out why would Jesus go to a wedding and tear someone's veil? I mean, the only reference point that, that they had was the veil that a bride wears. and I never could figure that one out about why Jesus tearing bride veils for. But now I have an understanding that the veil was that curtain in the temple that separated the mercy seat. But now again, in Hebrews 4, we say, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. But that's the significance of this moment, this reunion, this reunion, that we can receive mercy. This flies in the face of misguided theology that would tell us that God is not near. I mean, I don't want to run your favorite song or whatever, but let me just go ahead and tell you, God is not watching us from a distance. The problem is that when we, when we understand and we feel the pain of our own misgivings and those moments in our lives where, where we're not perfect, those moments in our lives where we just feel like we're just a, a real mess-up. It's very easy for us, not literally, but just within our own mind and our heart and our spirit, it's very easy for us to take a needle and thread and go back to that temple start at the top, and start sewing that curtain back together. We feel so separated from God. I've heard people say things like this all of my life. Well, it doesn't do me any good to pray. God doesn't hear me. I pray to a brass ceiling, as though, as though the prayer is not being heard by God because God has turned a deaf ear, and, and the prayers are just going to the ceiling and bouncing off the ceiling and coming right back down, And God is so far away from me. I've heard people tell me and lament. They've lamented to me that I just feel like God's a million miles away. Can I tell you today that when Jesus breathed his last after saying these words, Father, I'm committing my spirit to you. I I am coming into reunion with you, Father. When Jesus said that, and that curtain was torn. What Jesus was doing was saying, And all of us can be reunited with the Father as well. And it's not a hard thing to go to Him. Matter of fact, that verse says, Go with confidence. In other words, you have to have faith. That something inside of you has to say, You know what? He tore the curtain for me. He tore the curtain for me because I needed mercy. Mercy. I needed access to the mercy seat of God. I needed access. Then it says if find grace to help in time of need. Oh, pastor, I'll come to God when I have it all together. This Bible is speaking to us that no, we come to God when we don't have it all together because we can't get it all together without Him. That it is absolutely impossible for us to get all of our ducks in a row. Without the help of God. That's why that curtain tore. That's why today we have free access to the mercy seat. We don't come to Him when we have it all together. We come to Him when we need Him. We come to Him when we desperately need Him. We come to Him. As I have said so many times, Old Testament prophecy says that He'd give us beauty for ashes joy for mourning, praise for heaviness, that that we kind of bring him our mess and he gives us his best, that we we come to him with things that are in shambles or maybe even burnt down. And he says, you just bring me your ashes and I'll, I'll give you something new. You bring me your weariness. Jesus himself said, come unto me, all you who are labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. You bring me your heavy. Bring me your heavy. And I'll give you my light. Because my yoke is easy, Jesus said. My burden is light. You you just bring me whatever you got. And in my power and in my love, as you stand at that mercy seat, Uh uh-huh. See, we need it. As you stand at that mercy seat, the blood of Jesus Christ has already been applied. Praise God. Once for all, that includes you, you're in all. You're in all. But the blood of Jesus Christ has already been applied for you. And now we can obtain mercy. And because we obtain mercy, we then find grace to help in time of need. That's why the people, when the priests would emerge out from behind that curtain, they would rejoice because they knew we've obtained mercy. But it was once every year, over and over and over and over again, the blood of Jesus Christ wasn't just a one-year insurance policy. It was an eternal insurance policy. And it gave you access. You say, well, Pastor, I don't know, man. I don't feel, I don't feel like God is near. Can I tell you something right now? Can I tell you something right now? Nowhere in the Bible, where you find a verse that tells you to walk by feelings. What does the Bible say? It says walk by faith. Faith has nothing to do with feelings. Faith says, "Well, I just believe anyway." Well, did you feel a goosebump? I like it when I do, but no, I didn't. But I just believe anyway. Do you feel like God loves you? I'm worried about that. I'm just gonna believe He does. I'm just going to have faith. I'm going to walk by faith. Do you believe God hear your, heard your prayer? Absolutely. Well, how do you know God heard your prayer? Because I believe it. I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going boldly, boldly with confidence to, the, to that place of mercy. And when I obtain that mercy, I know I get everything else. Because his grace is sufficient. What he told Paul, my grace is sufficient in your My grace is sufficient in your weakness. Today I'm speaking to people concerning the reunion Christ had with the Father was our reunion. It was our reunion that you and I, you and I, we get the privilege now going before that mercy seat, obtaining mercy and finding grace to help in our time of need. What do you need today? What do you need? We serve a God who can supply it. Whatever you need. Would you stand with me? I want to pray. but Before I do, I, I wonder if you would just bow your heads for a moment. And, 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 and I want to talk, talk right to the heart of someone that may be questioning their right standing with God. Matter of, fact, matter of fact, I may have said some things that gave you a glimmer of hope that maybe God isn't so far from me. Let me tell you right now, God, God is so close to you The Bible even explicitly says that he is not far. That he is not far. The Bible explicitly says that he won't leave you. He won't forsake you. He will abide with you. Today. Today. I'd love that this week of Easter, going into the Holy Week, this week of Easter, I would just love to... Release that heavy burden off of someone's heart that you question your standing with God and, and and I know I know one way to start that process for you and that is to pray with you that all of us collectively together would pray together to, to, to just pray for that confidence that Christ has saved me and if you're here today and you say, you know what pastor, if it, it's a rededication or it's a first time dedication that it, it doesn't matter that, that you're just here today saying, you know what i I need to receive or obtain mercy today, in order to find grace to help in my time of need. And if that, if you're in that situation, I'm not going to make you come forward. I'm not going to call you out. I just simply want you to slip a hand up, so that I'll know that we need to pray with you. If you'll just slip a hand up, so that I'll know that we need to pray with you. Put your hand right back down. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Jesus in your name. Jesus in your name. Now there may be someone here that wanted to raise your hand but several raised their hand and that's awesome there may be somebody else that wanted to raise your hand but, but he's like yeah I've been told that before I've been told that just raise your hand and then the preacher turned right around and said if you just raised your hand then come up front I've been told that before and you, and you were worried that I was going to do that and I'm not going to do that because I'm not going to publicly put anyone on show like that so you really wanted to raise your hand but you were afraid that I was going to trick you Alright? So, here's my word for you is, you don't have to raise your hand, just pray the prayer. Just pray the prayer. And the only thing that I would ask beyond that is that if it's your first time praying the prayer, uh, would you put a check on your connection card saying, I prayed for Salvation Day. We'd like to send you a little information or just get to know you in, in, in that way and just let you know we're excited about your commitment. Before we go any further, would everybody pray with me for these that raise their hands and say, Father, today I thank you For the sacrifice of Christ. I'm thankful. That he came. He died on a cross. And he resurrected. By God for me. And I'm asking right now. That you would help me. In my faith. Right now. To accept. The finished work of Calvary. And what Christ did for me. I ask you to save me. I ask you to help me. I ask you to strengthen me. Let me feel that mercy in my faith right now. Let me understand it in my mind that God is near to me. And I pray in Jesus' name, as I declare Jesus is my Lord, that today is a new day in my life. And this is going to be a blessed week for me because I have obtained mercy and your grace is on me to help me in my time of need. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord because he is worthy. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name over every person under the sound of my voice. I pray that the level of our confidence would rise. I pray in Jesus' name that you would give us strength and the power to be the people that you have called us to be. I pray over every Connect card that, that that is being filled out even right now. I pray for every family that is represented. I pray right now for every person. The sound of my voice that your blessing would be upon our lives. I pray right now for every sit with me card that you're gonna you're gonna cause people to be drawn to the church for for this week and for Easter. I I, I declare in Jesus' name your blessing over every home, over every family, every dark cloud to go every sickness to be arrested by the power of the Holy Spirit. I declare in Jesus' name even right now that the blood of Jesus Christ would effectively work for our salvation, for our healing, for our peace, for our joy. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for what you're doing in every heart and in every life. And we're going to give you the praise because you deserve it. You deserve all the praise and all the glory and all the honor for the good things that you have done to us and for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Pastor Trent's going to dismission in a second. He's also going to call for the prayer partners to come forward at that time. If you have, if you need prayer for anything, we want you to come forward and receive prayer. There are three ways to.